0: Move Forward Radio is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at MoveForwardPT.com.
1: You're listening to Move Forward Radio, a podcast featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts with advice on how you can move forward. Welcome
2: to Move Forward Radio, I'm Eric Reese. If you or a loved one are admitted to a hospital, emergency room, intensive care unit, long-term care facility, or a skilled nursing facility for an acute health issue, you're likely to be seen by a team of medical specialists. That team may or may not include a physical therapist. It's important that people know this as Tracy Norris, a PT who is a rehabilitation clinical specialist at Barnes-Jewish Hospital in St. Louis, Because working with a physical therapist in the wake of an acute health issue helps prevent mobility decline, can improve patient outcomes and reduce hospital stays, and better ensures safe discharge to home or to a rehabilitation facility. In this episode, Tracy details three key benefits of acute care physical therapy, shares some illustrative patient stories, and tells why she urges people who find themselves in acute health situations to ensure that a PT will be part of their treatment plan. Here's our conversation. So,
3: Tracy, uh, you co-authored an informational resource for APTA's consumer-focused website, Move Forward PT, that was uh, titled Three Benefits of Acute Care Physical Therapy. Uh, That piece begins by talking about acute health issues that can land people in hospitals, emergency rooms, intensive and long-term care units, and also skilled nursing facilities. So, first of all, what types of medical conditions and injuries uh, can constitute what's being defined here as an acute situation?
1: And a key situation really is a new episode that that individual, um, in most cases was not anticipating, um, that was requiring a hospitalization. So it could be that someone and now, um, maybe has a heart attack or has had a new stroke, or maybe they just have an episode of pneumonia or the flu. This is a health condition that's now requiring a little bit more intensive medical management. Um, we also have patients who are coming to the hospital for planned surgery. And so with that planned surgery, it does require that they be in uh, mid to a hospital and under monitored care by nurses and by physicians. And so um, these are the kinds of patients that we tend to work with in acute care. Or those patients who have trauma, um, automobile accidents, falls, so people who aren't planning on being in the hospital but suddenly find themselves there.
3: Okay, so if a patient is being treated at one of these facilities for an acute health issue, uh, who, and by that I mean representing which healthcare care disciplines, is likely to or may be part of that care team? And also, what's the PT's, uh, the physical therapist's role within that team?
1: So when a patient is admitted to a hospital, they tend to see a lot of healthcare providers. Um, they will interact with physicians, and um, during their hospital stay, they may have multiple physicians to resolve their care. They may have physicians who are just consulting, uh, looking at one aspect of their care. Physicians may be who look at their diabetes management or physicians who are looking at orthopedic surgery during the hospital stay. They'll also interact with nurses for bedside care. They'll interact with dietitians from the rehab team, they might see physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. And, I mean, there's a whole variety of people they can interact with. These are just some of the more common people they may see, in addition to a case manager or a social worker who can help set up different services for that patient once they leave the hospital. So in the rehab team, physical therapists may see a patient um, either on admission to the hospital or may be asked to see a patient once they've been in the hospital for several days. And um, within our role, we may assess how the patient is moving, make recommendations for what kind of equipment that patient may need at, at hospital discharge, make recommendations on how that patient could safely move, why they're hospitalized, uh, maybe recommend exercise programs that could benefit them um, based on maybe areas of their body that are stiff or areas of their body that just had a new surgery uh, or have new precautions. So, you know, I think we can play a variety of roles for patients once they're hospitalized.
3: Well, that's a, that's a good segue, actually, to my next question because – That Move Forward PT webpage that I had uh, mentioned previously lists the three benefits of acute care physical therapy as being, number one, prevention of decline with early mobility, number two, PT-prescribed exercise programs, and number three, safe discharge planning. And and I want to talk about each of those in turn, but but first of all, you just – talked about all kinds of different things that physical therapy can can do in acute care. So I'm wondering, how aware do you think the general public is that physical therapy offers these benefits? And if there is a lack of awareness there, why do you think that is?
1: I do believe that the public does not have a good understanding of physical therapy. And the reason I I mention that is in my own role in acute care, I often find that I go into a patient's room and, and they may not understand what I do and what I can bring um to the table to assist them during their hospital stay on that first interaction. I, I believe that people don't know much about us because I, I don't know that we publicize ourselves enough. Uh, in terms of what we do, uh, I think the other part of maybe why they don't know us very well is you know there's confidentiality. So when someone um, does go is admitted to a hospital because of confidentiality, we can't discuss um, what exactly we did with that patient. Um, so we can't you know brag about maybe all the wonderful things that they did because we need to maintain their privacy. But but I do think it is important that patients are aware of what we do because they can then advocate for themselves. And um, I am fortunate enough to interact with physical therapists in acute care across the country. And what I have found is that depending on where they work, what – hospital or what region of the country, they will either talk about being utilized heavily by physicians, maybe be seeing a lot of the patients in that hospital, or they may have some service lines or some patient diagnoses that they don't see very often. And it's really a lack of awareness, not only for the patients, but maybe the physicians that they work with. So I, I think the interviews that we're doing today, the piece that we're putting in the move forward is important so that we can raise people's awareness of what we can do. And if they haven't gotten physical therapy ordered during their hospital stay, but they think they might need it, they can then advocate for themselves and, and ask for that referral um, and talk to their physician and, and their care team about that.
3: Well, let's talk about some of those benefits ben. uh, then. The first thing that I had mentioned uh, is the prevention of decline with early mobility. In practical terms, what, what does that mean? What, what types of decline are we talking about and, and what can PTs do to to mitigate it?
1: So what we have learned um, from research that's been done in the last 20 and 30 years is that things like bed rest, so so getting admitted to a hospital and laying in bed, that was common practice for certain conditions 20 years ago, 30 years ago. For example, when someone was admitted and for a delivery, they would be on bed rest maybe for a full week after that delivery. And what we have found over time is that the human body starts to decline, our systems in our body start to undergo changes pretty quickly when we're on bed rest. And so patients within a couple of days of being on bed rest can start noticing losses in strength. They can start noticing that their body becomes more sensitive to position changes. So that means that every time they sit up, they can all get dizzy. Whereas a week ago before they were hospitalized, they didn't have that problem. What we also know is that from studies that have been done using things like Fitbits, when a patient comes into the hospital In many cases, that individual walked into the hospital. They were relatively healthy before. They were walking at home, doing daily activities. Well, now they get hospitalized. And in looking at their step counts during their hospital stay, they are not getting up that often. They may only be getting up two to three times a day. Whereas before, they were doing maybe 20 or 30 times standing up from a chair at home. Or they were doing 10,000 steps. And some studies have shown that, you know, patients who are hospitalized are maybe walking less than a 1,000 steps a day. So that's a dramatic change in their mobility. Um, but with physical therapy, we can help create mobility plans for these patients so that they can get up earlier during their hospital stay to really prevent some of these these negative impacts of bed rest. And, you know, get them back on track so that when they get discharged from the hospital, they don't feel weak. They feel like they can go back to the lives that they led before they were hospitalized. And I do work with older adults as well, and, and I really see the negative impact of these declines, especially in someone who's older. So these are individuals who, again, were living on their own. They were very active before. Maybe they're hospitalized. They don't get up during the hospital stay. They're very declined now. They have to use a walker or a cane. They never had to use it before. Maybe they have to go into a nursing home now um, for uh, several weeks or even a month to kind of recover. And these are things that, you know, I think with, with interventions like physical therapy can really maybe prevent these, these negative outcomes from happening.
3: Let's talk a little bit about PT-prescribed exercise programs. Can you first talk about the process by which PTs devise individualized programs for people who have acute health issues? I mean, the process is essentially what PTs do with all patients, but it involves an evaluation, goal setting, and education. Can you talk about those components?
1: When we meet a patient for the first time, um, one thing that we will do before going into that room is we we take a really good history. We look into that chart. We try to understand not only what brought to the, them to the hospital um, today, but also what's been going on with them medically for the last few months. Because maybe there are things that have happened before that have led them to this episode of care. So, for example, maybe it's someone who is just a mid for a fall but When we look at the history, we notice that they were having um, issues with their balance before. They were having new diabetes. Um, previous hospitalization, so the different things that maybe led to this point. Once we meet that patient, we do an analysis of their systems and kind of understand, you know, how are they responding to exercise? What is their cardiovascular system doing? What is their heart rate, their blood pressure, their breathing doing? We look at how they move. We're movement specialists, so we can watch how someone gets up from a bed. We can watch how they walk. In looking at them, we understand if there's an issue, maybe it's caused by weakness in a certain area, or maybe it's caused by poor balance or problems with sensation. And so based on what we see, based on the history we've taken from the chart, based on our conversations with the patient about what they want to work on, what they were doing before they came to the hospital, we can then make a plan for what they can achieve during their hospital stay also discuss with them what we think could benefit them at discharge. So, you know, for example, is this someone that we think, you know, because of the falls they've had, maybe just using something like a walker could be a tool that they could use It now that they could walk more independently, uh, maybe not have those falls. Or maybe we may recommend that they continue um, their physical therapy care, but just not in the hospital, maybe at discharge doing outpatient physical therapy or home health physical therapy. So these are all things that we can do with the patient. The other thing we provide is as we're working with that patient, um, doing things like walking, we do monitor how they're doing. So we monitor that breathing. We monitor that heart rate. We look at their blood pressure. And if there's an issue with these areas, we can let the physicians know. Because if there is a problem, maybe the physicians can change the medication dosages. And then the patient can have a, a more comprehensive treatment plan. Because we would hate for the patient to get a treatment plan in place. They never move when they're in the hospital. They go home, they start moving, and now there's a problem, and they have to go back into the hospital um, because we didn't catch things that that could have been caught early.
3: Tracy, uh, can you talk a little bit, uh, because I think this is an important point, uh, can you talk a little bit about the development of goals being a
1: collaborative process? When we go and and work with a patient, that client, um, they are clients, and we want this to be meaningful for them. You know, it's like anything else, when we're working towards a goal, it has to be something an individual wants to do themselves, and it has to be meaningful. So, you know, for example, I could go in and I could tell a patient, you know, I think you need to practice stairs. Well, they'll tell me that maybe they live in a home with no stairs. So they never, ever have to do stairs. So they don't see the value of spending time doing stairs. But they may tell me something else they want to work on. Maybe it's getting up from a chair because they have very low chairs at home and they need to practice that. They want to feel more confident with that. So I think it's very important that when selecting goals, you do it collaboratively with that patient so that when you come and work with them as a physical therapist, they find that time meaningful and valuable. You know, it's always helpful as you work with them to remind them of the goals that we've agreed upon and then to show them the progress they're making towards that goal.
3: And I guess another thing would be to, to see whether their their perception of what their what they want in their goals might have changed.
1: Exactly. And so that's one of the things we do every time we come into the room is we ask them questions, you know, how did you feel after the last time we were we were working together? Were there any new issues? Did you have any pain? You shouldn't have had pain, but did you notice pain after? If so we need to make changes, you know. This is what we were talking about working on. Do you still want to do this? So, for example, we may have patients who initially they were thinking that they could go home after a surgery. But as we worked on things with them, maybe they lived alone. And so going home for them means they have to do two flights of stairs every single day. And as we work with them, they've recognized, you know, I might need to have more help to do this. So then maybe we change our goals, or maybe they've discovered, you know, I don't know that I can do two stories home. Maybe I can go to someone else's home, but we need to change our goals so that now they can be successful with mobility in that new home and the challenges that they would face to successfully maneuver in that building compared to um, where they thought they were going to go before.
0: A quick break to tell you about Choose PT, the American Physical Therapy Association's National Public Awareness Campaign. America is currently in the grips of an opioid epidemic. In some situations, dosed appropriately, prescription opioids are an appropriate part of medical treatment. But opioids only mask the sensation of pain, and opioid risks include depression, overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is urging healthcare providers to reduce the use of opioids in favor of safer alternatives like physical therapy for treating pain. Learn how a physical therapist can help you at moveforwardpt.com slash choose PT. And now, back to this episode of Move Forward Radio.
3: Can you talk about some of the ways in which PT-prescribed exercise can improve patient outcomes and and possibly even reduce hospital stays?
1: With the PT-prescribed exercise programs, these are programs that we're setting up based on what we have seen in our examination. And so these are not the same program that we give every patient on that floor. We are giving these programs based on what we have identified that the patient needs. As we give these programs to patients, we also monitor how they're doing. If they're not doing the exercise correctly, we stop the patient. We give them instruction. If they have caregivers in the room, we'll educate the caregivers, their family members, their friends. This is how you can help the patient do this exercise. In surgeries like total knee replacement and a total hip replacement, it's very common that patients after these surgeries We'll need to do an exercise program to help create more motion in that knee, for example. And so, you know, by a therapist meeting with the patient, giving them um, precise instruction in an exercise program, those patients can successfully get that motion back, but also not have negative outcomes, not get a lot of swelling in that knee. So that's just one example of what we can do. We also have patients who have new surgeries besides the knee replacement. And with those surgeries, maybe there's new protocols of what the physician or the surgeon wants the patient to do in terms of movement or they don't want them to do in terms of movement. And so the patient's very scared and they don't really know what to do. And in many cases they won't move until we come in. And so we can teach them how to safely go about getting in and out of bed with these precautions. We can show them how to safely move, how to go about, you know, doing their normal activities like getting dressed despite having precautions. So, you know, If patients are able to follow these programs, what we notice is they tend to move more. And so when patients move, not only does that lead to less negative outcomes of those issues of bed rest I talked about, but we also know when patients don't move, they can get pressure sores, they can get things like pneumonia. And so moving more helps prevent those problems. And also if we can have a patient follow these programs that we've set up, in many cases it makes that patient more independent. They have more control over their body. They have tools they can use to feel successful and to feel confident in how they move and how they do things. And so a lot of patients might feel more comfortable about going home after a hospital stay, or their caregivers might feel more comfortable about them, you know, going home from the hospital. And then, in, in some cases, the physicians may have certain goals themselves, for what the patient has to be able to do by the time they leave. And so what we have found is, as the patients work with therapy, they get these tools, our exercise programs, our, our, our tips on how they should move with or without devices like walkers. These patients can make those outcomes, those goals, a little bit faster, which will, will help them leave the hospital sooner.
3: I wanted to talk a little bit about the possibility of reducing hospital stay because that has some potential effects that are that are pretty significant. Just not only in terms of the patient's health, but also in terms of like you know costs to the patient and to the healthcare system. Correct?
1: Yes, and a lot of the studies that have been done really looked at areas like the ICU. So, for example, in a hospital setting, a patient who has an ICU stay, an ICU stay is a lot more expensive than a stay on a normal um, nursing division um, in a hospital. And so a lot of the studies have looked at what can be done to help reduce time needed in an ICU. And so what they have found is um, in ICUs, in patients who are medically stable, if those patients started to get up early, if they started to get pretty quickly while they were in the ICU, a lot of times with these some physical therapists, because we can, like I said, monitor their vital signs, we know how to move them despite what equipment they're attached to. We can make adjustments to um, to what we're doing with them based on their responses. These patients tended to make strides in in what they were able to do with mobility, so they were walking faster, they were getting out to the chair faster, and they also found that their ICU length of space, they were dropping by anywhere from like one to two days. So that's a huge financial benefit to hospitals. That's money they've saved that they can now spend in other programs, and it's very beneficial for that patient um, to Mm -hmm. not have to be in that environment for, for any longer than necessary.
3: Another benefit of uh, physical therapy is safe discharge. Now, you've kind of peripherally gone over some of the things that go into that, but can you talk a little bit more about the role a physical therapist plays in ensuring that discharge is going to be as as, as safe and, and and the process afterward as effective as possible?
1: As I mentioned, when we meet a patient for the first time, we try to get an understanding of what they were doing before they came to the hospital. So, you know, on a, on a day-to-day situation, a couple days before they came to the hospital, How were they doing? Were they independent with how they moved? Did they need help with anything? What what exactly did they need help with? Were they using anything like like a crutch or a cane or a walker? Do they even have those things in their home? When they say they have family or friends around, what does that actually mean? Does that mean somebody who lives with them but who's gone all day long, just comes in the evening? Does this mean that they have family who calls them a lot? That lives um, in a whole other state? Um, do they have people just drop in and check on them? What exactly do they mean when they say they have support? And then, you know, once we've had that understanding of what their history is, we do that examination, understand kind of where they're at right now, kind of compare it to how they were doing before, and then we have that discussion about goals and try to understand, you know, are they willing to maybe do something different? Are they willing to use a walker? Are they willing to to do things like stairs? Because they're telling us that they live in a home with you know, two flights of stairs. What we want to make sure happens at the end of the day is that every patient that we encounter, we have a plan for them that is going to be safe, that they have the resources they need, and we can work with the case manager and social workers to make sure that they get our recommendations and, you know, they're followed, but that the patients also see the benefit of following those recommendations, and that's where you need know, to buy into goals is so important, but then ensuring that what we have set into motion with the patient, um, that that is followed up on, and so that patient then when they leave should have less anxiety because they know they're going to go home to a safe environment. Or if they're not ready to go home, maybe they don't have the social support to be at home. Maybe they need to go temporarily to a skilled nursing facility or a rehab center to do more physical therapy in that environment to get stronger, to get more independent, so they can then go back to that home where they may live alone normally.
3: Right. Well, you had mentioned earlier your your work with with older adults. You're a board-certified clinical specialist in geriatric physical therapy. So, presumably, you've seen a lot of older adults and you've worked with them and you've seen them reap a lot of the benefits that we've been talking about. I wanted to ask you, is there a particular patient story that maybe resonates or sticks with you and and sort of brings this whole subject to life?
1: You know, I will say in general, um, why I love acute care is I've never had the same day twice. Mm -hmm. And um, I I feel blessed that I've had patients who have allowed me to um, come into some of their, their their best days and some of the worst days of their life. Because some of the people I work with, they, again, they're not expecting to be there. They were in a, a, an accident. Now they have a spinal cord injury or now they have an amputation, and they are very depressed. And so a lot of what we do as physical therapists, we bring hope because we show the patient what they can now do. You know, they they came from a place where they were comparing what they were able to do, you know, two weeks ago, a month ago, to what they're able to do today, and it's very depressing for some of those patients. And so I try to point out to them, okay, well, today, think about what you're doing today that you couldn't do yesterday. That's an improvement. And then when I see them a week from now, well, think about what you're doing today that you did a week ago. And they really see it. And so for me, I, I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction when I'm able to see these patients get more control over their, their bodies, more control over their lives, to see that hope restored. Um, I know I had a individual I worked with, he was um, an older adult, and there is a program nationally called City Olympics, and it is for older adults, and and um, they participate in various sports. And this particular individual was very active in that and was hospitalized for a medical issue. And um, before I was asked to see him, had already noticed some declines in, in his body and how he's moving compared to how he was doing before and um, got very depressed, and we really talked a lot about what I saw in my exam, what I thought he could do, which he didn't think he could do. And it really, it raised his hopes up, but, but it was realistic, it really was for him. So he came from a place where he thought he was gonna have to now go into a nursing home. He had lived alone before, I was very depressed by that. By the time he left the hospital, you know, he was barely standing when I first met him. By the time he left the hospital, he was able to walk down the hall with just a cane. He was able to have a plan in place where he was able to go home. And I did hear that he participated in Senior Olympics later that year which was a long-term goal for him. So I was really thrilled that we were able to take him from kind of a very low point in his life and and get him back to the state he had been before and really restore his hope.
3: One final question here. Um, if, If someone listening to this podcast or if one of that listener's loved ones should sustain an acute illness or injury, is it automatic that physical therapy will be part of the care at at the hospital or facility in which they find themselves? And if not, what should that patient do to to advocate for him or herself?
1: So actually, it is not automatic um, that that physical therapy would be part of the hospital stay. It really depends on the hospital the patient's going to, what part of the country they're in. Physicians or some surgeons will automatically order physical therapy. Some will just order us as they feel like it's necessary. What I would suggest to a patient or to their caregivers is that they're listening to this and they or they read the Move Forward submission and they think that physical therapy could help either themselves or their loved one, they should advocate for us. Um, they can always ask. You know, could I see a physical therapist lying here? Um, if we go into the room and, or we look at the chart and we don't feel like we're appropriate, um, we'll, we'll make that known. But right. I, I do feel like there are a lot of situations where we could be beneficial um, to that patient. You know, in addition to kind of seeing them for the main reason they're there, I mentioned that we look at their history. So, you know, there are patients maybe they're admitted for a problem, but they also have a history of diabetes. And as I work with them, I realize, oh, you're you have no feeling in your feet. And then we start talking about things we can do to help them with that, the diabetic problem, which wasn't the main problem that brought them to the hospital, but something else. So, again, I think there's a lot of, of benefit uh, that we can bring, um, and it's very personalized because every patient is so different. That's why my day has always been so different mm-hmm. during my career in the hospital.
3: Tracy Nars, thank you so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio. We really have appreciated it.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. You've been listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or find previous episodes at moveforwardpt.com. Move Forward Radio is brought to you by moveforwardpt.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at moveforwardpt.com.